Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church Podcast. We are a church of praying, going, life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you have joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is the third and final part of this series titled Love, Love, Love. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. turn to Psalm 8 this morning. I want to continue on this amazing love, love, love that we've been talking about, the love of the Trinity, the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm going to say we will never love ourselves until we first understand the love that God has for us. I mean, let me say that again. That was a weak amen. We will never love ourselves, and it's very hard to love others when we don't love ourselves till we fully understand, well, fully, I don't know if we'll ever comprehend fully the love of God towards us. The Apostle Paul says that we can understand the height, the depth, the, 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 the width, the length of the love of God, just to kind of get this comprehension of his love towards us. But how can we love others when we don't even understand that God loves us? Amen. And this is an an all-encompassing, unconditional love. Don't base the love of God on situations that you're going through. This life stinks. I mean, there are more things happening in this world. If you're not following the news, they're having a locust plague right now in Eastern Africa that's eating up the crops out there. We got this coronavirus. Australia was burning, and now it's flooding. It's like... Everything is mixed up. What this world is, needs is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to get on the scene and put everything together again. Amen. But here in Psalm 8, this is a, a very beautiful psalm, but it's got some pretty intense stuff in it. So are you ready? Psalm 8, verse 1. Uh, unless I say otherwise, we're always going to be looking at the New King James of the Scriptures. We'll try to get them up on the screen for you. Ready? Read, let's read a little bit with me. Ready? Oh, Lord. Our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemy that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Never say, I'm a nobody. Never say, how can God use me? God uses the babes. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Just look at the people that God is using in this day and age. They weren't the high and mighty, or maybe they were in one area and God's using them in a totally different area. Amen? Then he makes this statement in verse 3. When I consider, consider there is almost like meditation, when you're just kind of pondering the things of God. Amen. You ever do that? You know, meditation is filling our minds. It's not like Eastern meditation, emptying our minds. It's filling ourselves up with God's word. But there is also that meditation when you behold the wonders of God. Jesus said it like this, consider the birds of the air. You just start thinking about, wow, they don't worry. They ain't got a bunch of barns. They're not storing up. But yet God takes care of them. And here he says here, consider the heavens. Last night me and Diane were just watching the sunset. Just spectacular. Boy, this weather has been, uh, 
For those that like snow, sorry, I'm telling you, this has just been an amazing winter. But anyway, we're just watching the sunset last night, and I said to her, you know, watch, Mercury and Venus, the first two planets along the horizon, will pop up, and sure enough, they do, amen? And here he says, consider the heavens, and then he says, the heavens are the works of God's fingers. Everybody just kind of do that with your fingers. So I'm going to show you something in a minute about this scripture, amen? Consider the heavens, they are the works of God's fingers. Now, you know, you might really be into studying the heavens and all. It's pretty intense when you really start studying this stuff. That this sun, 98 million miles away, is actually a very small sun compared to other suns that are out there. And the sun, the orbits, and the, the, the gravity keeping everything in place, mind-boggling, amen? How many has ever seen a picture of little planet Earth just floating out there? How does that happen? Here, one word, ready? God. Amen. They, they want to kind of tell you this all just happened. There is no possible way this all just happened. Amen. And the farther they study and the more intense it becomes, it, it's just mind boggling. We, we don't have time for that today, but it's pretty good. Amen. All right, here he goes. Consider the heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained. So here he's talking about these wonders that are out there. Saturn out there with its rings. Jupiter with the big red spot. On and on. The moon that just goes around in its lunar orbit perfectly. We only see one side of it. The, the sun reflects on it. So we have light at night. On and on and on and on. And then he says, what is man? As he's looking at all this, King David, we know, was a shepherd. So he was out in the fields, darkness. They didn't have light pollution back then. Maybe a few of their little torches out there. And he's looking at this splendor. One time, I, I went up to Lake George many years ago, and it was a dark, crisp night. And there were so many stars. My mouth just went, a lot more stars than we see here. It was just so amazing. And here he brings out the, what is man? And watch what he says about him. That you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him. For you have made man, humankind. When he's saying man here, you know he's talking about male and female. Amen. He's not talking just about men here. He's talking about human beings. Amen. For you have made man, you have made humanity a little lower than the angels. Now, if you look in the NS, NSAP, a New American Standard Bible, NASB, and other translations, you will see that that word angel there is changed over to the word God. And they are accurate in that changing because if you look it up in the Hebrew there, it is the word Elohim. In fact, the scripture says that we, those the redeemed of the Lord, will judge angels one day. At this point, angels are above us because they understand what's going on in the spirit. We're still learning stuff of the spirit. But here this verse should actually say, for you have made mankind a little lower than yourself. Watch, watch. You have crowned mankind with glory and honor. Now watch this next verse. You have made mankind to have dominion, watch, over the works of your hand, right? What did we just read in verse 3? When I consider the heavens, the works of your fingers, 
The fingers are attached to what? The hand. Here over in verse 6, he says, you have made mankind. Think about what God gave to Adam and Eve. Think about what was lost in that garden. Think about what is going to be fully restored in Christ Jesus on that full day of redemption. Amen? We are partaking of it in glimpses right now. But one day, face to face. One day, this mortal shall put on immortality. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. Watch. You have made mankind, him, to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under mankind's feet. You have put the sheep, the ox, the beast of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. I said to Diane the other day, what did animals do to live the way they're living today? Think about that. We eat them buggers. I don't believe they were created to be eaten, but because of the fall, man now probably lost something within him that had to even eat meat to get that strength within him. And I'm not, not, not no vegetarian thing here or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is a vast majority of our world eats some form of animal, be it fish, be it chicken, be it pork, be it beef. Can I get an amen? And here, man, animals did nothing wrong whatsoever. But because of man's fall, that fall fell upon them also. And it says over in the book of Romans, all creation is groaning for the revelations of the sons of man. Keep going on. That passed through the paths of the sea. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. So God, Abba, Father, created us to be just lower than himself. His love for us was higher than all of his created beings. Amen? And In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. God didn't curse us. God blessed us from the very beginning. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that creeps on the earth. Amen. But man fell. He committed what we know today as high treason. And as much as God is in love with man, catch what I'm going to say right now because it explains a lot. As much as God is in love with humankind, with mankind, his justice demands that he doesn't push sin to the side and say, oh, well, just don't do that again. God is a just God, and he is being just with Lucifer who brought about this great fall. I know I'm getting a little deep here, guys, but if you understand dominion lost but dominion regained, you understand how to start having dominion in your own life. A amen. No, God had to deal with our transgressions, catch it, lawfully and totally, so he had to not cover man's sin, but remove man's sins. 
Are you with me on that? We live in a day and age of just cover things up. Just cover it up. Cover it up. God doesn't operate that way. Here, go over real quick. Isaiah 43, 25. He's not just going to say, I'm just going to cover this up. Everything will be okay. No. Those that are reading through the Bible... You're probably in Leviticus right now or, or right there around Numbers. Holy shamukis. What those animals had to go through for the redemption of man because the life is in the blood, right? Here in Hebrews, he says, that, uh, Isaiah 43, 25, he says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression. Watch now. For my own sake. God created man, so it was God's responsibility to bring a redeemer to man. Keep going. And I will not remember your sins. So God is saying, when I washed your sins away through the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to remember them anymore. That's total forgiveness. That's why we can call God Abba. That's why we can have a relationship with God. Come on. If you're reading through the Bible, you've gone through the story of, of Aaron's two sons, right? They, they one day just being kids, right? They're just going to make some incense and some fire and go into the holies of holies and be big shots. And they were struck dead right there. Dead. And Moses said to Aaron, don't even mourn them. Go in there, grab the, the incense censer. God is a holy God. In ourselves, we could not approach that type of holiness. But we don't go in ourselves. We go in him. Do you understand that? What happened on that cross when Jesus screamed out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, Jesus took the sins of the world and a holy, righteous God could not even look upon his own son. Right now, up in heaven, around the throne of God, what are they saying? Holy, holy, holy. Because God is holy. God is holy, right? So man, he said, and I will remember your sins no more. Why did he say we'd blot out our transgressions and not remember our sins? For his own sake, so that he could bless us. He couldn't have blessed us without it. As long as we're in sin, God can't bless us. He has to deal with us as a sinner. But because of our acceptance of his free gift of Jesus Christ, we are the washed. We are the pure. Today, you stand blameless in God's sight. Today, you stand holy in God's sight. Today, you stand righteous in God's sight. Today, you stand acceptable in God's sight because your acceptance, your holiness, your righteousness is not based on you. It is based on Jesus. And my covenant is not between, our covenant is not between us and God. It is between Jesus and God, and we are in him today. Oh, hallelujah. Now, let me show you what I mean. I'm just going to take you on a journey for these 20 minutes that we have. Go to Hebrews 9.22, and then let me take you to Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to show you some things in Romans that are just mind-boggling to understand this intense love that God has for us. Remember, we started this off with, we are loved children of a love God, amen? We are adopted into the family, glory to God. In Hebrews 9, 22, and he says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. 
and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Remission is not a covering over. Remission is a taking away. Amen. I've used plenty of examples on that. But the best one is in the old days, our typewriters, we used to get little white out, right? And we'd cover our mistakes. But you could always scratch that white, off, white out off. And you would see part of that letter or whatever it was underneath, correct? But now today we have a delete button. You spell something wrong, you hit back and it just deletes it and you don't see it anymore. All right? Under the Old Testament, they had typewriters. Their sins were covered by the lamb without the, 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 the lamb and the bull and all the blood sacrifices. But under the New Testament, we got the delete button. We have Jesus Christ, and he washes away our sin. So this, this high crime of treason demanded death. So God took our place and died for us. This is the great substitute, or what we call the great exchange. God became, became man to take man's place and to pay the penalty of sin so that man can be restored, not just to his former place, Adam and Eve, but to a better place. And I'm going to show you that today. Because a lot of people, oh, we can just get back to the Garden of Eden. Hey, the Garden of Eden's good. But God did something that has made our redemption even greater than what Adam would have had. Hallelujah, that sounds good, Pastor. I want to hear more about it. Thank you. Thanks, that really, that helps, that helps. The fifth chapter of Roman gets so into this, so go ahead and turn there, so into this, this exchange that went on between God and Jesus and humankind. In a little while, we're going to switch over to the Amplified Classic, so be ready for that. Those that are up on the screen up there, when I tell you to, switch over to that. But I want to show you a couple of the beginning scriptures here. Romans 5.1, watch, ready? Therefore... Having been justified, the word justified, simple definition, many of you know it. Come on, say it with me. Just as if I've never sinned. Justification, a legal term, right? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, does not say we're going to get. When I get to heaven, then God will love me. No, we have what? Peace through, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, you have peace with God today. Would you just fall in love with him today? That'll get rid of your depression. That'll get rid of your nutty head. That'll get rid of all that. When it comes to your mind, ah, you're no good, just say, yeah, I might be no good, but God loves me. Abba loves me. Amen. If Abba loves me, I don't care if you love me or not. <laughs> all right, go down to verse 6. Still New King James, ready? For when we were still without strength, or when we were still sinners, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us. So God is going to prove his love, how much he loves us. Ready? In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if I was screwed up back then, a lot more than I think I am now, and I'm still a screw up, 
and he loved me enough to die for me, how much does he love me today? I keep going on. Because he says in verse 9, much more than having now. Everybody say now. See, the covenant is done up in heaven, the mercy seat. The blood has been shed. Amen. Jesus Christ. Do you ever wonder? You know, you read again Leviticus, and there you go. Everything is in such detail. You try to get crazy and make this and make that and make that. Why? Because every part of that was a copy of what was up in heaven. And it had to look exactly the same. Because the lamb was going to have the blood down here, but the lamb of God was going to bring his blood up there. Do you understand that, guys? Jesus literally took his own blood to heaven and put it on the mercy seat of heaven. Amen. We're going to see that one day. All right, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Uh, we're going to go through the great tribulation. You go, then you're not saved. Amen. You go through the great tribulation. Here it says, I am going to be saved from the wrath that's going to come upon this world. Amen. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more. He didn't say just more. He said much more more. Come on, give me a much more. Much more. Much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now. We have now. We have now. We have now. If I say, I have now a $5 bill in my pocket, that means I have it now. If I say I'm going to have a $5 bill in my pocket later, then I don't have it now. But we have now, what do we have now? Say it with me. Reconciliation. The word reconciliation is like a husband and wife. They're having problems. They go to, they go to Beth for counseling it. And Beth walks them through it and they get reconciled together. Their marriage is back in harmony. I've been reconciled with God. Adam, my father, great, 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 grandfather, he blew it. He made me lose my reconciliation with God, my peace with God, my love with God. But Jesus Christ has given it back to me. Amen. Now, you ready? Go to the Amplified, those that have it. Let's begin with verse 12. We're going to begin with verse 12, 512. The Amplified, again, to understand the Amplified Bible, the majority of us are not Greek and Hebrew scholars. Can I get an amen? So what the Amplified does is take some of those words in the Hebrew and Greek and just expound, amplify it to make it easy for us that don't understand the original languages. Are you good with that? All right, verse 12. Therefore, As sin came into the world through one man, what's that man's name? Adam, all right. And death as a result of sin. Adam, in dying, you shall surely die. Did Adam die the second he ate of that fruit? No. He died at the age of nine something. I don't know when this all happened, but he died hundreds of years later. But how did he die when he ate of that fruit? He died spiritually, right? He was what we would call born again the other way, from life to death. We are born again from death to life. You guys got it. Okay. Therefore, as sin came in the world through one man and death as a result of of sin, so death, death spread to all men. Watch what it says here. No one 
being able to stop it or to escape its power. I was reading uh, uh, Warren, that really rich guy. He's trying to tell his stockholders now, I'm going to die, but I'll make sure everything's okay. You can be as rich as you want. You can be kings of nations. You're going to die. You're going to die. Amen? That's what he's saying here. No one was able to escape the power of death. True? Would you say true? All right. Because all men sin. To be sure, sin was in the world before even the law was given. It sure was. But sin is not charged to man's account where there is no law to transgress. Yet Adam held sway. Think of the, what is man? Think of this power of this man. What God gave Adam. Yet death held sway from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver even over those who did not themselves transgress a positive command as Adam did. Adam, watch this now, this is so good. Adam was a type, prefigure of the one who was to come. So Adam is a type of Jesus, right? But the Amplified brings this out so beautifully. In reverse, the former destructive, the latter saving. Adam brought destruction. Jesus brought life. Jesus said, I, I, I didn't come to destroy. I came to give life, right? Watch, keep going on. Verse 15, this is so good. You ready? Come on, get your forks out, guys. You ready? But God's free gift is not at all to be compared with the trespass. His dying on the cross is no comparison to Adam eating of the fruit. Isn't it interesting? The fruit comes from a tree. Jesus Christ died on a tree. Amen? Watch this. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. <laughs> His grace is so much higher than what man did. His grace is, man, it's like diamonds to rocks. It's just, you, it's so out of proportion to what Adam did. For, then he goes on, if, for if many died through one man falling away, every human being has died, right? Any, every animal has died. Every tree has died. Every blade of God, even stars die. Watch what it says. For if many died through what, what is man? What is man? Falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. That's me. Is that you? That's me. Now here, watch. Amen, pastor. Really good preaching. You're doing good today. Come on. All right. All right. Thank you. Here we go. The Passion Translation of verse 15. Watch this now. Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience. For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. Think of it this way. Here's a criminal. He, he gets a, a sentence of 10 years in prison and he gets a fine of a million dollars. A redeemer comes along and he says, look, 
I'm not going to just give you 10 years of my life and a million dollars. I'm going to give you 100 years of my life, and I'm going to give you a trillion dollars. That's what Jesus is to Adam. He didn't just pay his debt. He far exceeded the payment that there ain't no devil. There ain't no angel. There ain't no spiritual being throughout all eternity that will ever say, God, you were unfair. No, God was fair, and he redeemed us by his own precious blood. Hallelujah! See that? You clapped. Okay. It's true that many died because of man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of accepting overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus, the Messiah, did for us? Do you understand that throughout eternity there won't even be a speck of a thought of sin? That's the way it should be right now. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, what is the thing that pulls us down the most? When we sin, condemnation comes right in. And then Paul says in Romans, hey, Romans 8, there's no condemnation. For them that are in Christ Jesus. For the law, uh, law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Let's continue on here. Verse 16, we're going back to the Amplified Classic. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effects of that one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation. There's that word right there, right? Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification, an act of righteousness. Verse 17, because he just keeps going on here. For if because of one man's trespass, his lapse, his offenses, death reigned through that one. Ready? Say the next two words. Much more. Come on, say it with me. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace. How many have received God's overflowing grace? Watch, watch now, because this belongs to us then, right? Unmerited, excuse me, favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them, who's the them there? Us, putting us into right standing with himself. Then he says, read the next five words, Reign as kings in life. They didn't say reign as kings when we get to heaven. It says in life, in this life. We got to learn how to rule and reign. We got to learn how to take authority and dominion over the fears of our life. I'm going to tell you the, the greatest place that you could take dominion over. You know what it is? Your mind. Your mind is the most precious thing that God gave you, and that's why the devil fights your mind so much. He makes you feel like you're a loser. He makes you think you, you're not a combat. You're down and out. You're this, that. Get control of it and say, no, I reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Verse 18, well then, as one man trespassed, one man's false step and falling away led to condemnation for all men. So, one man's act of righteousness 
leads to the acquittal and right standing with God and life for all men. I've been acquitted. Come on, picture it. I was given a life sentence. I was given a death penalty. Jesus came along, and he, what he did on that cross, that God the Father, the great judge, could say, acquit it. Go home. You're free, verse 19. For as just by one man's disobedience, failing to hear, heedlessness, and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God, brought into right standing with him. Hello, righteous ones. If you're born again today, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Keep going on. It doesn't stop. Verse 20. But then the law came in only to expand and increase the trespasses. The law showed us how evil we really were compared to a holy God. We couldn't keep any of the stinking thing, right? And then Jesus comes along and he says, hey, you know, the law says thou shalt not commit adultery. I say you lust after a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. The law says thou shalt not murder. Hey, I say to you, you hate your brother, you're a murderer, right? Now watch what he says. But then the law came in only to expand and increase the trespass, making it more apparent and, and exciting opposition. But where sin increases and abounds, grace. God's unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased the more and super abounded. Woo! It's like Superman came on the scene. Amen. Super faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Stronger than any sin that comes against us more powerful than the deceptive lies of the enemy. Trying to tell me I'm a loser, I'm no good, I'm losing my mind. You're gonna mess up in life. Nobody loves you on and on and on. No, by the grace of God, his undeserved favor. I am accepted in the blood. I have been restored to all things that Adam lost. I am in the great exchange, the great romance. God is in love with me today and God is God just, I, he must, I hate the wrong word to use, but he must just get sick and tired of us being, eh, God don't love you, God don't love He wants to have fellowship with us. And the human being, the human race is the only creation of God that can have fellowship on his level. We are made in the image of God. How many here got a doggy? Wow, a lot of you people got dogs. Good for you. You pet the dog. Your dog's maybe even smart. Roll over. Sit. Give me your paw. But that's about as far as the fellowship goes between a human and a dog. Good dog. Lick your face on and on. Come on, talk to me. Why? We are not created or a dog is not created on our level. Look, what I'm saying, I'm not trying to bring God down in any way. What God has done is raised us up. It's a big difference. God is almighty God. 
but he made humankind with the ability to fellowship with him. We call it prayer. We call it fellowship. We call it having quiet time with him. Whatever you want to call it, we have the ability to sit and talk with the creator. And the creator longs for it. He desires it. Come on, talk to me, guys. I'll end with this little story. How many here know a few of the Star Trek movies? Anybody know that? Do you remember when the first Star Trek movie came out, the movie? Star Trek, the motion picture? Oh, man, I couldn't wait to see it. <laughs> Mr. Trekkie himself, right? I wanted to get there. And the whole premise of that movie, if you'll remember, was V'ger was looking for its creator so that he could become one with the creator again. And V'ger, for those that don't know, was the Voyager satellite that was sent out to explore our, our uh, solar system, right? That's mankind. The creator lost mankind. We fell under the, the treason of Adam and Eve, and now Satan has dominion over us. And the creator is saying, I'm going to get man back. But the only way I can get man back is through myself. So he sends himself, Jesus Christ, to the cross to die for us. And here we are, the redeemed today, loved by God. And we're still walking around as the paupers and as the, the low people of this life. And we should be walking around that we are king's kids that we are the redeemed, that we're here for a short time, but we're heaven bound. And soon, very soon, we are going to see the king. Amen. I might be V'ger, and I'm looking for the creator, but guess what? I found him. Or should I say it more properly? He found me. I was lost but now I'm found. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So as we wrap up this series on love, 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 I just want you to see how special you are to God. That's why we praise him. That's why we worship him. He is worthy of all our praise because he redeemed us from going to hell for all eternity under our God, Satan, little g, amen? But our redeemer, big G, almighty God, had a plan all the way back there in Genesis, says, I'm going to redeem them back to myself. Good morning, loved ones. You don't need the junk of this world. You don't need all the stuff. You don't need those drugs and things that pull you down. Set your eyes on Jesus. Well, my husband don't love me. Jesus loves you. My wife doesn't love me. Jesus loves you. My friends at work don't love me. Jesus loves you. Amen? His love is greater than any love. Any love. Amen? Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Wow, man, I got a lot of spit up here today. Ish. God is good. Did you get something today, guys? I hope you did. I hope you did in this series, because it's going to be so hard to love yourself or to love someone else unless you know first that you are loved. I am loved. Say that with me. I am loved. I am adopted into God's family. And he blesses me with every blessing that he has for Christ Jesus. He blesses me.
Father, thank you for our elder brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came on the cross and he died for me. Thank you that he has restored me and thank you that you said you would not leave me as an orphan. You gave me the Holy Spirit to be my helper in this journey called life. I thank you because of Jesus. We are victorious today, that we can reign as kings today, that this super abundant, this super abounding grace is ours to enjoy, and that really our one responsibility on planet Earth is to get to know you, to fall more in love with you, to let you love us, Lord, to bless us. Church, let me just say this. People that connected a superabounding grace are the ones that the doors just open up all over the place for them. They're going to buy a house, and supernaturally, the right one comes. They're looking for a job, and supernaturally, that job comes. Abba, Papa, comes and connects with them. Learn to hop into that superabounding grace that he wants to pour out on you so that when opportunities come, they just happen to stop at your door. They just happen to stop there. Those other ones aren't more blessed than you. They've just had doors open for them. God's got doors for you too. This morning as we wrap up, I do ask, if you're here today and you haven't accepted this amazing gift and you're still under the lordship of Satan as we brought out on week one, but you can break that. You can get under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You can learn live for him and let him live through you. This morning, if you have never asked Jesus to become your Lord, to be your Savior, then pray this prayer with me and we'll all pray it together to make it easy for you. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you today for forgiving me of all my sins and accepting me today. In Jesus' name, amen.